So there's the old joke about this gospel passage where Jesus finds himself in this situation with the woman brought in front of him and the the men charging her uh, with this crime. And Jesus says, let the one among you without sin throw the first stone. He waits a moment and suddenly a stone whizzes by his head and he turns around and he says, come on, mom, why did you have to ruin everything? So it's kind of a a funny joke, but it also makes a point, doesn't it? There's exactly two humans who have ever lived that have not sinned. Jesus Christ, who is fully human, but also fully God. So he obviously can't sin. And then the Immaculate Virgin Mary, his blessed mother, who was conceived without sin and preserved from from the stain of sin for her whole life by a particular grace, by the cross of Jesus Christ. So there's two people who have never sinned. The rest of us, all sinners, all right? Everybody who has ever lived is a sinner besides those two. And how many people have ever lived? I don't know, tens of billions of people, probably, something like that. We're all sinners. And so this should be a very encouraging gospel to us because we see the mercy of Jesus Christ on full display here. And when we look at this gospel reading, there's probably one big question that stands out to most of us. What was Jesus writing on the ground? We don't really know. There's no evidence here in Scripture, uh, or, or at least it doesn't say explicitly in Scripture, what he was writing. There are different theories. You know, maybe he was writing down some of the sins of the people present, and they saw that, and they started to walk away. Maybe that could be a case. But I heard it explained this way one time to me by a priest, um, and I think it makes a lot of sense. So it says that Jesus was in the temple area, and he, be- he sat down, and he began to teach people. He was teaching as a rabbi. That's what that word rabbi means, teacher. And so in the rabbinic tradition, the teachers, the rabbis, would always preach from a certain scripture. So sometimes they would have a scroll that they would unroll and they would read the scripture there and then they would teach from it. Sometimes they would recite a passage of scripture from memory and then teach from it. But then the other option was that they could write down a part of the scripture and then teach from it. And so what this priest was saying is that perhaps Jesus was writing down a piece of scripture. Perhaps Jesus was writing down the word of God. And this makes sense because it says that the elders were the ones who went away first. The elders were the ones who presumably were wiser, more knowledgeable, understood the scriptures better. And when they saw the lines that Jesus was writing down, they read it and they said, "Uh oh, I see what's happening here. I'm going to get away while I still can. And that's the younger ones that stick around longer. It takes them a little while longer to realize it. But eventually, all of them get it. All of them understand what Jesus is trying to say. There's none of us without sin. All of us are guilty. And so, the one among you without sin, throw the first stone at her. There's no one without sin. I guess we better leave. And then we see that great moment of mercy. Jesus and the woman left alone. And he says, where'd they go? Is anyone here to condemn you? She says, no. And Jesus says, well, neither do I condemn you. 
Go and sin no more. And again, a beautiful moment of mercy. But also, brothers and sisters, we have to recognize not only Jesus' mercy in this situation, but also his justice. In Jesus Christ, there is never mercy without justice, but there is also never justice without mercy. If there was justice without mercy in this situation, he would have said to the woman, yes, stone her. She committed a sin, punish her, stone her. But also, you guys are sinful too, so I'm going to have you put to death also. And in fact, everybody who has ever sinned should be put to death because of their sins. That would be justice without mercy. Mercy without justice, on the other hand, would be Jesus encountering the woman and saying, Ah, you know what? It's no big deal what you did. Um, we're all okay here. I'm okay. You're okay. Is there really such a thing as sin? Not really. Why don't you just go and do whatever you want? Let's be tolerant of everything. And everything's okay. That would be mercy without justice. But brothers and sisters, we're somewhere in the middle. Again, in Jesus Christ, there is both justice and mercy. Jesus recognizes the sinful action. Jesus recognizes the sins of the men who brought her to him. But he also forgives. And he says, go and sin no more. I do not condemn you. That's my mercy. But in justice, I'm also required to tell you, don't do that anymore. Keep trying your best to live a holy life. This is what we are called to, brothers and sisters. And thanks be to God, as Catholics in the church, we have the beautiful sacrament of reconciliation. And so coming up this week, maybe you've heard in the weeks leading up, we have the Be Reconciled Day. Throughout the whole diocese, every parish in the diocese, every priest is going to be in the church, in the confessional, all day long. From 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., we're going to be in there hearing confessions and celebrating the sacrament of reconciliation. It's going to be a beautiful day because the Lord's mercy is going to be flowing freely. In justice, we recognize our own sins and we come to Jesus Christ and we, we admit to them, yes, I sinned, I messed up, I'm a weak person. But it's in doing that that Jesus will then give us his mercy. And so here's a quick analogy for going to confession. It's like cleaning your car. All right, now stay with me for a second. My dad's a car guy. I grew up in this environment of, you know, taking care, good care of your cars, you know, keeping them clean and in, in good repair and all this. So I think I'm a little bit maybe extraordinarily um, sensitive to a clean car. But I got in a car the other day, I won't tell you whose it was, but I got in a car the other day that was filthy, okay? I got in that car and I said to myself, man, how could anybody want a car this dirty? How could anybody stand a car this dirty? And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, gosh, isn't that like sin? Isn't it the case that sometimes when we let our sins build up little by little by little, suddenly we find ourselves in a place where we, we say, man, I'm in a dirty car here. I have a, a, a lot of sins on my soul. But I need to recognize that and I need to 
take the actions to get rid of all of that crud. And then once you finally do take your car in, you get the nice car wash, you clean out the inside, you vacuum it, you get rid of the salt stains, you get all of those french fries stuck under the seat, you know, you get all of that out of there. And you finally, you realize what you were missing that whole time. You realize how good it is to be in a clean car, how good it is to have a pure soul. And you say to yourself, man, I don't want anything to mess this up now. Once you've cleaned that car, you take extra steps not to let anybody make it dirty, right? You don't throw the garbage in the back seat anymore. When somebody gets in your car, you're like, hey, are your shoes clean? I don't want you tracking anything in here. I don't, I barely want you sitting on the seat, okay? Make sure you're not getting my car dirty. But then little by little, it gets dirty again and it gets easier and easier to start throwing stuff in the back seat and to not care about the shoes and things like that. It's the same with confession, brothers and sisters. If we're making it a regular thing, once we have that clean soul, we're going to take those steps not to sin anymore. We're going to say, no, I don't want to be around that sinful action. I don't want to put myself in that place of temptation because I'm clean right now. I have a pure soul right now. I don't want to mess that up. But then little by little, it gets easier and easier again until we go to confession and renew that cleanliness. Brothers and sisters, even if it's been a long time since you've gone to confession, even if you feel like you have huge things to say, it's okay. The Lord's mercy is there for us, for all of us in that sacrament. There is no sin too big for Jesus Christ to forgive in the sacrament of confession. If you're willing, it, uh, if you're willing to bring it to him and to receive that forgiveness. There is no amount of time that it's been that it's not okay for you to go to confession again. Even if you went to your first confession as a second grader and now you're 95 and you haven't been to confession since, that's okay. Go now and Jesus will pour out his mercy into your life. There's nothing to be afraid of, brothers and sisters. Run to Jesus Christ, open your heart to him and receive his mercy this Lent. So that when we get to Easter in just a couple weeks, we can celebrate it well and receive all of the blessings that he has for us. Let us participate well in the sacraments these coming weeks and in our prayer and ask Jesus for the help that we need to receive the reconciliation that we desire. And so that we can hear those beautiful words from Jesus. I do not condemn you, but go and sin no more.